Good morning, everybody. What a nice day. The morning was nice and shiny. Uh, I think half of the church is having fun somewhere else. So I will feel envy about them. But uh, <clears throat> let's just put this time in the Lord's, the Lord's hands. Dear Lord, thank you very much for the opportunity that you gave me to be at the pulpit this morning. Thank you, Lord, because you equipped me to prepare this message. Thank you, Lord, because you got me to put it together. Thank you, Lord, because you talked to me through the preparation of it. Uh, thank you, Lord, because we are a church today. We're in this building because we are the church, and we want to know you a little, a little more. We want to uh, recognize a little bit more of you in our lives. And, and I ask you, Lord, for everybody that is here this morning, that you take away any any uh, worry, any <clears throat> anything that is taking us away from uh, keep us keep us uh, focused in the, in the sermon today. Oh Lord, uh, I, I ask you for. For the language, that you will be glorified through it. And I ask you, Lord, that it will be not me talking. It will be your Holy Spirit talking directly to the heart. So it will not be a language needed because it will be you talking to it. Uh, Lord, we love you. And, and we. I want to pray, Lord, for this uh, situation that happened this morning in, uh, where a lot of people were killed. Oh, Lord, just pray for these families that go... Through this difficult time. In the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Well, uh, pastor asked me not long ago to preach for him while he's having fun. I, again, so I'm glad that he allowed me to preach and he trusts me to preach. This is a huge bl a blessing and, and privilege for me. But I, I have to be honest with you, even when I, when I practice and practice and practice, maybe I need Natasha to teach me more English, because she was doing a really good job. Uh, I practice a lot. Some words are not coming out of the way they're supposed to. So if I say something wrong, please laugh as much as you want and, and, and try to get the message by the contest. Uh, but Pastor Leonard asked me to preach about, or, or the main title of the sermon will be Surviving the Seven Deadly Sins. Surviving the Seven Deadly Sins. And, uh, and he assigned me to preach about envy. And I have to be honest with you, the envy is a word that I usually don't use too much. I mm, can't recall maybe using it a couple times since, since I learned to speak English. Uh, I have to be honest with you, it's something that I don't deal too much myself. But don't, don't, don't take me wrong, I deal, too, I deal with so many other things. Uh, and I just want, I want to share with you a little bit, or I want to share with you a Colombian say. It's something that we say in Colombia, that as soon... As pastor asked me to preach about envy, I, it came to my mind. And I'm gonna, I tried to put it in, in the best English I could. I, I, but it's hard to keep the meaning of it. But it says something like this. Something like this. It is better make someone else feel it than feel it yourself. It's better to make someone else feel it than feel it yourself. The, and, and that's why I ask you, I asked Brian to put that picture on the screen. It says, welcome to MB. Don't stay too long. That's the, that's the trick. Don't stay too long. And I'm just going to say a quick word in Spanish for, for my guest today. I'm sorry. MB uh, significa envidia. Es lo que estoy predicando hoy, okay? They don't speak too much English, but they refuse to have interpretation. They say they want to keep up with their English, so I'm, I'm glad. Uh, but it says, welcome to Envy. Don't stay too long. And the reason I say that is because uh, I think all of, all of us, in any or different situations of our lives, feel Envy. And that's why I bring some pictures to talk a little bit about it. I don't know if we can change for the next picture, please. I don't know who is behind the scenes. Look that one. You know, a white dog and a black dog. 
and they are envy about each other and now we, have, we found the Dalmata in the middle. And that really talks about, you know, that we feel envy about what others have, what others look like. You know, we feel envy about somebody else's color of hair. We feel envy about somebody else's shape of their body or situation of their body. You know, that's why you go to the, to the section where the ladies find all the colors that they can paint their hair. And you find so many colors, more colors than you can think. It's hard to recognize because, we, you know, you like to change your color. You like to, you know, you can have a wonderful color, but you want to have different colors, so you change it. I'm not saying this is wrong. Don't, you know, this, don't think me wrong. We can go to the next picture, please. And this picture was the only one that I found that it was church PG. The other ones I was not allowed to share at church. Uh, but, you know, it talks a little, bit, a little bit about envy, too. You know, we're envy about somebody else's relationships. We're, we're envy because maybe somebody else got the, the prettiest lady, or that's what they think, or, you know. But we always, we're envy because he got that lady that you were wishing for, but you never say something about it. I don't know what the situation was. But we feel envy about somebody else's relationships. We can go to the next one, please. And we can stay there. Envy. You can see it right away with children. You know what? Because children cannot hide it. If they're unhappy about something, they will let you know right away. With their face, with their sounds, or with the way they hide under things. But they, when they are upset, when they feel envy, you will see it right away. And why is the reason that I choose this picture for? I choose this picture because as, as adults, many times we feel envy. But we just don't, don't allow other people to see it. You know, we, you, you ask somebody, oh, how was that dress? And you say, you know, and you know that the dress was not really good. You say, oh, I wish I had the dress. Oh, it was awesome. Good, very elegant. You know. You know that the food they serve was really good, and you're saying, I wish I had food. How was the food? Oh, it was really good. It was awesome. And even if, when the food was horrible, you said it was awesome. You know, sometimes as, as adults, we hide it. But children don't hide it. And if we really think about the definition of envy, it says it's a feeling of discontent or, or resentment. Uh, is a desire to have someone else's possessions, qualities, how they, you know, their luck, or their experiences. I'm not going to go into the issue about get, buying the, the, the lottery, but, but how many of you went that, that, it was not long ago, the beginning of the year, I was checking the, the Super, Super Bowl, I think they call it here in America. I was checking the list of the winners and I found five Hispanics and I said, how they did it? Shoot. But how many of you, when they, when, they, when they win the Super Bowl, those millions and millions and millions of dollars, you say, I wish it was me. Lord, I will give a part to the church. I, I don't know. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm just asking you if you thought about it. I, I would say if we have, if we have a, ter, a thermometer, I would say that, that we can measure the envy of, the, of, of Salem as, as town. I would say the, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the envy thermometer of Salem were really high this last, these last three days. You know why? And I, I, don't take me wrong. I'm not criticizing the activity that we have as a town, you know, with all the nice cars. But, but I will say with all those expensive cars and expensive motorcycles and expensive, you know, it was a lot of envy around the streets. A lot of guys thinking, I wish I had the money to afford it. And a lot of guys were hiding their, you know, I don't want to say a brand of a car, but they were hiding their cars behind the buildings because how can they put their car behind this awesome car? <laughs> how can they put that car against this uh, Mustang GT, whatever? And you have your small, you know. So I would say that the thermometer of, of, of Salem in Mb went really, really high, but I hope it came down again. 
Because as the first picture that I show, envy is something we have to face in the daily basis. Of course, I, want, I have to be very clear about this. Envy is not, or it doesn't come from the Lord. It's not such a thing as holy envy, like somebody said. Oh, this is holy envy. It's, it's, it's not such a thing. Envy is something that you feel and you have to let it go. Pass through it. Go through it. But when I start preparing my sermon, and I'm going to do, I'm gonna do a, qu- a quick test. I'm going to ask you, where do you, find, where do you find the seven deadly sins in the Bible? And, and you don't have to answer loud, you know, but you, you think about it. Where do you find the seven, the seven deadly sins in the Bible? I was asking the same question myself because when pastor asked me to preach about it, I said, I don't recall nothing in the Bible like specifically about it. I remember I saw, I saw it in a movie, but that doesn't count. Uh, I usually have the, I take the challenge myself to read the Bible from the beginning to the end once a year. And after cracking my head thinking where the seven deadly sins are in the Bible, I decided that they're not in the Bible for those of you that were doubting about it. They're not in the Bible. The Bible talks about some things that, let's say, the, the Lord hates, like the, you know, the, the tongue that lies and things like that. But it doesn't specifically say the seven deadly sins. Some people in the internet said, I don't know if, if it's true or not, but it looks like it's truth, because it was a good place. They said it, that comes from Pope Gregory I in the 600 year. He thought about all these qualities, all these things that as human beings we face. And he discovered something very amazing, that all those things come from our nature because we want more. Envy comes because you want something that you don't have. Maybe you don't need it. Maybe you didn't need it a second ago. But because somebody else has it, you you need it now. You know, before we have iPhones, nobody cared about what kind of phone you have. But after we have iPhones, everybody will have to have an iPhone. Even if they have to pay for it for three years. Because it was really expensive. And after you are, you're not even in the middle of it and they have a new iPhone. And then you have the new iPhone. And, and they know about it. That's why they have those plans AT&T next. Where you can upgrade your iPhone every time. But you, you waste more money every time. You know, they, they know about the deal. And that's how we, we kind of see envy in our in the regular basis. But let's see a little bit. Or let's try to focus in how we see envy through the Bible. And I'm going to focus in three different things. And I'm going to focus in the symptoms. I'm going to focus in the medicine for envy. And I'm going to focus in the cure at the end for envy. Because that's what pastor said in his title. He says, surviving the seven deadly sins. And I say, how can I survive something? Well, if I'm sick, I have to take medicine. I have to diet. I have to do what it takes to survive whatever I'm facing. And if, uh, and if we recognize the symptoms, we are one step ahead. That's why they teach you how to recognize a heart attack. You know, what to do if you recognize you're having a heart attack. You know, what to do if you recognize such and such, you know, different sicknesses. And if you recognize the symptoms fast enough, you can take yourself to the right place to take care of it. So if we really go through the Bible real quick, and this is not all the cases, we can talk about maybe the very first case of envy. The very first, you know, the, in the first couple pages of the Bible, who do you think it is? Cain and evil. Evil. There, Cain was envy about his brother. The Lord asked him to do something, and he didn't do it as he was supposed to. But that caused him anger. He was upset because what he did wasn't didn't receive the favor of the Lord. And the Lord asked him straight when in the times that you can talk to the Lord, and the Lord asked him, "What are you anger for?" If you did what you were supposed to, you, you, you were not be facing such a thing. But what was the consequences of it? He killed his brother. One more time, having envy in your life is, is, is 
It's something that we face. The problem is if you stay too long in it. Because if you stay too long in it, it will cause more things to happen in your life. That it will damage your life, that like the case of Cain and his brother. If we keep coming down, what happened with Jacob and, and Esau? Jacob was envy of his brother because he will, have, he will receive a special blessing because he was the firstborn and more, more inheritance and more money and more whatever, whatever, whatever. And he was very envy. And it was not only him, it was his mom too. And what he did? He lied. He betrayed his father, he lied to his father, he lied to his brother. He caused, he caused you know, pain in, in both of their lives. And what happened to him? He, he will have to be separated from his family. He went far away because he was afraid that his brother was going to kill him. And even when you, if you recall the story, when he knew that he was going to see his brother, what he did? He was sending and sending gifts in front of him, one after the other, one after the other, as a way to say, well, if I send him too many gifts, maybe he will forgive me. So what, what that let you know? That he was living in fear. That he, he was living in fear constantly. That he was ashamed of himself for what he did. And all... All that happened because he allowed envy to stay too long. If we, we were just preaching about it last month, about Joseph. What happened with Joseph? His brothers feel envy about him. About the special treatment that he was receiving from his father. You know, special code, special duties. Uh, some people say, you know, he was mama's boy. He was the, the youngest. But, you know, but sometimes that happens in some families, and that causes cause anger in our lives. And what happened in Joseph's life? His brothers, you know, saw him, he went to Egypt, and, you know, that's fresh in your memory, because he, we just preached about it last month. But the, what that caused to Joseph's life? It was, it was painful for him, and it caused a lot of grief to his father. His father... Suffered a lot of grief because of the decision that their, the, you know, the other brothers talk about Joseph, and it was because they were envy of him. The Israelites, we we see in in, uh, in, in Samuel, the book of Samuel, uh, when when they say we want a king, like the other nations have a king. They were envy about the other nations, but what really was under that envy of the of the nation of Israel, it was that they they want to abandon the Lord. Because they knew that if they keep being under the Lord, they will have to go to the prophets to communicate with him. And what happens when you go to the prophet? The prophet knows what you've been doing. The prophet knows what you know, even when, what, what you do when nobody's watching. And so they didn't want that too much. So they say, we have a regular king. We will have to give a, a portion of what we make. We will pay taxes, but we will not be confronted. That, that happened in, uh, in many, many, many churches that are so, 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 so big that you go in, you have fun, but nobody ever really questions what you're doing or help you to grow in your life. If we keep going down a little bit more, that happened too with David and, and the king Saul. David and Saul, you know, people start, start seeing, the, you know, Saul kill, kill hundreds and David kill thousands. Right away, Saul, King Saul, get upset. Why they think he killed more than I kill? That may be happening when, when uh, your family is trying to say something good about your brother or your sister and, and you don't receive the, the appropriate credit. That may be happening even in church when they're giving the credit to somebody else that really don't deserve it. Or maybe he does deserve it. But you wish they, they look more at you. And, and the enemy again, one more time, is sending you envy to your heart to steal your, your joy. If we think about it, and this is the last one, we can think about Daniel. A good, good, very intelligent young, young man. He was serving two different kings speak different languages, but people in the government were always envy of him. And what happened to him? They sent him with the lions. He survived. They sent his, his, his friends 
to the oven seven times more hot that they kill the, the person or the people that open the doors. And you see again and again and again the symptoms or what are the consequences if you allow envy to stay too long. You will experience anger. You will experience, experience I'm sorry, betrayal. You will experience jealousy. You will experience unfair. You will feel that everything is unfair. Oh, why him and not me? And again, the enemy is an expert to take our eyes away from him and into things that are not really that important. If we really think about it, another, another portion of the Bible says in, in Psalms uh, 30, uh, chapter 37 verse 1 says, Envious of those who do wrong. Who, who feel envy or those who do wrong? You know, you're, you're doing what you are supposed to in the highway. You're doing, well, uh, somebody told me this long time ago. It says, 79, you are fine. 81, you are mine. But sometimes you're doing what you're supposed to. You know, it's 65, but I think if you go 70, 30, they don't, you know, they let you go through. But you're going to the speed limit, 65. And then somebody passes you like you are not even moving, doing a hundred miles an hour, and then you start, what is the state patrol when you need it? <laughs> Automatically you feel envy, you feel upset. Because it's not fair. And, and it, it could happen, I'm not saying that it happened, but it could happen. Maybe you're coming from, I'm not mentioning any names, but maybe you're coming through that town that is between Salem and Columbiana, more known as the, uh, the Hat Zone. And maybe you're just going over the speed limit five miles an hour, and they stop you right away, and you think, well, this is unfair. That guy was doing a hundred, they didn't stop him, and they stopped me because I was doing three miles an hour over the speed limit. And you ask yourself, oh Lord, give me patience. They stopped me three times, myself. They let me go the three times, praise the Lord. As soon as I said I was Pastor Eric, they let me go, thanks the Lord. And, and I wasn't doing nothing wrong, I, you know, I have to make that clear. <laughs> We, we found something like that about how we deal with it in Galatians chapter 5 verse 26. It says, in buying or showing envy to each other. We're experts to show or try to, try to wake up. As I said, I were saying in Colombia, it is better make someone else feel it than feel it yourself. You know, and, and if you really think about it, I'm not saying this is the f full meaning of it, but if you really think about it, what percentage of the things that you show up in media, like Facebook or, or the other thing, Instagram, or whatever you use, because it's so many different things, but how many of the pictures you put is to let people know how, how good you are and how nice or how, how much fun are you having, and, and I'm not saying we do that, no, it's other people does it. But people is so into out the pictures, pictures, that they really forget about enjoying the moment, having a good memory in your head, because we have to take a picture. And they take a picture of them taking a picture. And as Tom says, they're doing in the selfie, selfie culture now. And they now sell those selfie things that you have a fan and very special lights to make you look, you know, nicer and more, you know. I say, I don't know. I don't know if I will go that way. But this is the, this is the symptoms we have to face in, in the daily basis. So if you really think, start thinking about ourselves, start thinking about yourself. If you really are facing or if you're experiencing some jealousy... Some, some, some uh, anger, if you're experiencing some betrayal, start asking yourself, it is because something really bad really happened or is it because I'm being envy about somebody else? Because it's always, why, why him and not me? And, and, and uh, as I said, I was, I was checking... The Mega Million, not because I purchased it. I don't know even how to purchase it. 
but I was checking last night the Mega Million because I put MB in Google and automatically the Mega Million show up. And I said, well, maybe because people think too much about it. They feel envy about the people who really, who really make it. But we're going to talk right now about the second part. We're going to talk about the medicine. What medicine can we take against, against envy? And for that, I bring a really nice bottle of pills. I'm not going to do any commercials about Omega 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, or, or 6, or whatever number they want to sell you. They just put a new number, they raise their price. <laughs> it's the same fish, but you don't understand what happened. <laughs> but it's about medicine. You know, we would say, oh, I don't take medicine, I'm too young for it. But even if you don't take medicine, you take vitamins or, you know. So every time you see now your medicine bottle, you will, and that's why I get the bigger, bigger one, you will, you will think, you know, about how can you cure your envy. Or how can you cure one of the deadly sins. And this one, you know, I, I, I choose this one because it has the heart. And it really has into the, the sermon because if you really take care of your heart, you will see, you, you will live a better life. But part of what the pastor asked me to preach was about Matthew chapter 5 verse 4. Matthew chapter 5 verse 4. For those who are using your Bible or if you would like to look at it, you have one in front of you. It's in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5 verse 4 and this is one of the words that I was practicing a lot but it didn't come out so it says blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted basically the word monk we didn't use it too much let's say who blessed are those who are sad or blessed are those who are in pain or blessed are those who are in grief because they will be comforted and when I start studying for this sermon, I went to the Greek. I, do, I don't use my, my major in the seminary was Greek, but I don't use it too much lately. And, but I went to the Greek and I start uh, discovering so many things. And, you know, the, the, the word bless, you know, pastor was talking about it last, last Sunday and he was even trying to say it in Spanish. Uh, so if you forgive pastor for his Spanish, you have to forgive me for my English. Uh, <laughs> But blessed really means from, from, the, from, the, from the Greek, marayoi, uh, and says happiness. But this is, a, this is the trick. It says happiness from receiving God's benefits. Happiness from receiving God's benefits. That's what really, really uh, blessed means. From receiving God's benefits. And we, in, we know in America everything is about benefits. You're going to have a job, you have to check your package of benefits. You know, how much vacation they're going to give you, how many bonuses. If you behave, they're going to give you. You're supposed to do your job, but they still give you a bonus for do something that it was supposed to be done. But, you know, they, they give you a package of benefits for, you know, for dental. They give you benefits for insurance. They give you so many benefits. And this is what it really tricked me, because it says, Happiness from receiving God's benefits. And if you really think about it, or if you study a little bit about the life of the Apostle Paul, what were the package of benefits that the Apostle Paul received? He was a stone, you know, he was in the water many times, they kicked him, they, you know, they did, you know, he was in jail, he was beat. And I don't think any time you see in the Bible that, that uh, the Apostle Paul said, Oh Lord, this wasn't in my contract. He just took it on because he knew who was the Lord that he was serving. And if, if you really think about the other word, blessed bless are those who mourn or, or you know, grief. It says manifested grief. And it's the grief so deep that you only experience it when somebody that you deeply love goes away or passes away. And the Lord knows, and the Lord, I think He chose this specifically 
uh, specifically pain because he knows that's the deepest pain we experience as human beings. It's no deeper pain than this one. I always say, Lord, I know it wasn't part of your plan. You have this wonderful tree. We can keep eating the fruit and we will live for eternity here. But the plan changed. Now we will live in eternity in heaven. But he knows, because he understands what we go through, that this is one of the worst things we go through as human beings. And after that says, because they will be comforted. Comforted. Because they will receive comfort. And when I checked the word comfort, it was amazing because I recognized it right away. The word comfort actually means call. Call somebody. Call. To call. And it says refers to believers offering up evidence that it stands up in God's court. In God's court. It talks about that we will be comforted because we're taking all this evidence to the Lord. When we're facing things that we that is hard for us to face. And I'm going to ask to put the picture about the toxic, please. I found this in the internet a long time ago. And I kind of changed it a little bit myself. I put a lot of, a couple things, but you can read it from your, from your, I'm going to read it for you. It says, when a toxic person, I, I put a slash liar, because we face that a lot. When a toxic person or a liar can no longer control you, they will try to control how others see you. The misformation will feel unfair. But stay above it, trusting that other people will eventually see the truth just like you did. And, uh, and believe me, that's true. When somebody is just lying and lying and lying against you, you, you feel upset. That's unfair. You say, Lord, why me? I tried to everything by the book and I have this and this. Why, why you didn't send it to somebody else? But guess what? Part of this war, because part of this war, or the first part of this war, comes from Paracletus. And automatically I remember, Paracletus talks by itself by Jesus, about Jesus Christ. Paracletus means lawyer, attorney, defender, advocate, comforter, helper. And it talks about that part of the comfort that we're going to receive comes... From Jesus itself. Who makes the right call. As a lawyer. Who makes the right call. Because he is close to the situation. What a nice experience when you are in court. And you know that you that your lawyer knows what he's doing. Uh, I, I don't know if I shared this before. But the, the, some people in the Colombiana County Court collect some money. And they gave me some money to purchase some books. Because they want me to become a legal interpreter for the court. And, uh, and part of when I was doing my studies, you know, they ask about so many things that you will never face in a little Colombiana County court. But one of the things that they talk about is that so many people go to, to face, you know, life sentences with unprepared lawyers just because they cannot afford a, a good lawyer. Do you think or how will you feel if you're going to face something like a life sentence and you kind of realize that your lawyer doesn't know what he's doing? It's not a good feeling. What if you're going to a court and you don't understand what you're saying? And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you uh, two stories about two courts that I'm being in. the Colombiana County Court, thanks to the Lord, I'm very well respected. They allow me to go through the, through the security without checking. They know, thanks to the Lord already, that I'm a good person. Uh, and they treat me with respect. I feel like I'm in my house in the court. They even wait for me outside and they put me right in. But not all the courts are like that. When I have an accident in Cleveland last year, I figured it out. It was snowing. I was only doing 30 miles an hour. I was far, far behind enough, but I just purchased this car. The, the tires were not in good condition, and I slid, and I hit a lady. 
And I went to court. I, you know, I told the lady, don't worry about it. I pay for everything, thanks to the Lord. But I went to the court, and I was expecting to be allowed to talk to the judge as a human being and ask him for forgiveness and mercy. That way he can just put the fines down a little bit. I know they can do it. I see it. They do it in the Columbiana County Court. So I thought maybe they can do it here too. That was not the way. That was a very different court. Very disrespectful people. They were eating inside the court, not, not hiding. No, they were eating in the open. They were eating chips. They were testing. And I was waiting for my turn. And finally my turn came. I said, Lord, give me grace. Lord, give me grace. Lord, give me grace. And I worked towards the judge. And, I, and I, the, he asked me right away, How you want to play? How you want to play? I said, I want to say no contest, but uh, your honor, can I say something? No, 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 no. If you want to say something, say not guilty and you come back later. No, no, but it's something really small. No, 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 no. You plead not guilty. If you want to talk, say no, say, say, say innocent and you come back later. I said, okay, no contest. And I ended up paying everything. But what a frustration. I want to put, plead my case in front of him and say, you can check in the ticket. It was not really bad. The whole highway stopped because it was another two accidents ahead of us. Can you help me? But he didn't allow me to talk, so I paid for it, but I, it wasn't good. I was in another court that I don't mention the name, either. it's close by. And you were supposed to show up at 8.30, that's what the ticket says, 8.30. So we get up and I wake up the guy around 7 to make sure we show up in time because, you know, I don't want them to say that Hispanics are always late, so we want to be on time. We get there around 8, 8.20 to 10 minutes before, you know, we go through security. The judge finally show up around 10.30. I saw her in the parking lot. She was eating something, a hamburger with her pup, and she, she came in around 10.30, or she left her car about 10.30. That doesn't mean she started court at 10.30. She finally showed up in the courtroom around 11, and the court was packed, 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 inside and outside. It was people outside because it was no, no more place to be standing. And, you know, she, she only did court for one hour, and around 12, she said, lunch break. She got up and left. And we are there signs, 820. And they're not even in half of the people. Finally, we get out of the court around 2.30. And that's the courts that you may be faced here in earth. Maybe you've been into any kind of trouble, or maybe you just watch the movies and you see courts. But let me tell you something. It's a special court that is specifically created for you and for me. And that court never closed. That's, the, that's God's court. And it's only one prayer away from us. Every time you pray, if you can picture a court in your head, every time you pray, your prayer goes through a court. And let me help you to picture that court in a very, very quick way. You know, the judge... What an awesome feeling when you know the judge is a good person. You know what? The judge is God himself. And you know what? God loves you. So the judge loves you. What a nice feeling if you know that the judge that is going to cool punish you loves you. But on top of that, the prosecutor, who is our enemy, Satan, is defeated. He already knows he lost. He's just there because he has to. But he's already defeated. No matter what he tried to do against us, he's already defeated. No matter what, even if he want to do something, he has to ask permission from the Lord. Let's talk about the bailiff. If you want to say something to the judge at the last, very last second, and you know you cannot approach this thing, you talk to the bailiff, because the bailiff is the one that is close to the judge, so you can give him a little note, and he goes to the judge and talk to him. And we, you know what? Our bailiff is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fixing whatever we're going to say. Because he, even if we make a mistake ourselves, the Holy Spirit fixes it to put it in front of the Lord. And on top of that, even if you, ever, if you think you have a chance to lose, we have the best lawyer. The Paracletus. Jesus Christ himself. 
So you have the best of the best. You have the best, and you know what? I think the lawyer is very good friend with the judge. So you, you have a good, you good chance to win. And that's the court that the Lord prepared for you and me. That's the court that the, court, the Lord prepared for us. And every time we pray, our prayers go straight to that court. And the Lord sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know what? I'm most likely we're going to win the case. Bring whatever you're facing to God's court. If you have any sin that you need to confess, if you have any regrets that you think you cannot fix, if you have any pain, if you have any guilt, if you have any grief, take it to the Lord's court. Take it to God's court. He will deal with it. We're going to talk real quick about the cure. We finally, after we take... The medicine, every time now you want to see a medicine in your medicine cabinet, you're going to remember medicine for envy. But where, where's going to be the cure? And the cure, we, we found it in Proverbs 14.30. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30. And this is our, this, a heart at peace gives life to, to the body. But envy rots the bonds. Let me read it one more time for you. A heart at peace gives life to the body. But envy rots the bonds. And that means really that decay. That bacteria decay the bonds. If we allow envy. Or if we allow any of the symptoms of envy. Anger. Whatever it is. Jealousy. Stay too long in our lives. We're going to cause damage to us. But if you have a heart at peace, you will feel life. And that's why I choose the one with the heart. What medicine you have to take to keep your heart up to the challenge for the Lord? You know, what medicine you have to take to keep your heart tender to the Lord? The Word of God, the bread of life, the water of life. But it's another, it's another cure that I want to share real quick. And it's in Philippians chapter 4, 11 and 12. And it's one of my favorite verses. It says, this is the Apostle Paul talking. It says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances I know what is to be in need, and I know what is to be, what is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whatever well-fed or hungry, whatever living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. Finally, the cure for envy is content. The cure for envy is content and says, recognize the symptoms of envy. Take the medicine, leaving everything at God's court. And be sure, and be cured, I'm sorry. Developing a lifestyle of gratitude. Think about what you have and be grateful. God can take care of your needs. You don't need to envy anybody. You don't need to envy other churches. You don't need to envy other gods. You don't need to envy other lifestyles. God can take care of our needs. And I see it in my life in the regular basis. I decide if I really want to share about this, but I want to share it with you in a humble way. Don't take me wrong. But I want to share with you how I'm content of what I have. This is not a complaint. But... I only have one jacket and one pants. The one that you see me wearing. I only use it for church when I have to preach. And I only use it for court when it's a really important case. Sometimes I come to the office and I told the ladies, I dress like a pastor today. And I'm not upset because I don't have too many jackets to choose from. I can care less. 
when this one doesn't work, God will give me another one. He knows it. I don't worry about that kind of stuff. I'm content. I'm grateful for whatever the Lord gives me. I don't have AC in my car for three years. And let me tell you, sometimes it's kind of hot. Even when you consider that my, my seats are leather. So it's kind of hot. But it's my decision if I allow that situation to make me upset every time I have to deal with the hot. Or if I just put, roll my windows down and be happy. I don't care about it. Surely maybe struggles with it, but we have to put the window down. Don't, I'm a missionary in Guatemala, in the Dominican. We don't have AC. It's okay. I'm not going to allow the hot during my day. Not at all. I'm not going to allow nothing to steal my joy because the, 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 the Word didn't give it to me. The, Lord, the Word is not going to take it away from me. A couple times I came to church and I, many of you didn't know, but I make a commitment to give certain amount to the church and like, like all of us do. And it was a small amount, but one Sunday I didn't have it. And I was coming to the church and I was a little sad. I said, Lord, I'm sorry, I, I don't have the amount that I promised to you. But so, so if somehow you can put a bill in the floor like you do before, I will be really grateful and I will put it in the offering plate. Because I really make my commitment and I say, Lord, it's your money. You know, I'm just, I'm just going to pass it around. And I was kind of upset about it. I said, Lord, you know, other people have a lot, you know, and they're not doing good things. And, you know. But after my Sunday school class, somebody checked my hand and he put, a, he put some money in my hand. And it was exactly the amount that I was praying to put in the offering plate. And I just put it in my envelope, put it in the offering plate, happy. The Lord is alive. The Lord knows what you're going through. And this is, what I, this is what I will close with. You could maybe experience envy. And I'm going to ask to put the last picture, please. Careful. Avoid poison envy. Comparison kills your joy. You're going to experience envy in your life or maybe one of the other seven, uh, seven deadly sins. Just don't allow them to stay. Because you don't have to. The Lord has your life in His hands. And He talks about it a little bit in the sermon. In a couple chapters or a couple pages after, after this one. You know, if He takes care of, of, the, of, of the birds, if He takes care of the plants, what He will not do with for us. He knows what we need before we ask for it. He's gonna, God can take care of your needs. So don't feel envy about, about nothing. Don't feel envy because somebody else has a better job. Don't feel envy because somebody else is very talented about instruments and you don't. Don't feel envy because somebody can sing really nice and if you sing, even the cats start crying. <laughs> you know, this is, that's real life. Don't feel envy because sometimes you have to carry the wires to, stop your, to start your car and you don't have a way to have a better car, just, just pray for it. But don't feel bad for it. The Lord knows you need it. He will give it to you. And I'm just, I'm going to pray for us to finish our sermon. And I'm going to ask you to remember the medicine. The medicine is take whatever you have to the Lord's court. The Lord's court is never closed. It's no holidays. It's no weekends. So you can come to Him anytime. And you, but you know what? All these things are only for those who are considered son of, sons and daughters of the Lord. If you don't really know if you are safe, if you really don't know what will happen to you if you pass away tonight, please let us know and we will help you with it. And whatever you're facing today, just put it in, send it to the Lord's court. Send it to God's court. You don't even have to go yourself. You can mail it. You know, prayers go straight to Him. And I'm sure He will answer to you. 
Because you have the best judge, the best bailiff, the best attorney, and you have a a defeated persecutor. So whatever you're facing, just put it in the Lord's hands and leave it up to Him. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord, thank you very much because you gave us the opportunity to see your life. You gave us the opportunity to see what you experience in this earth through through your Bible. Thank you, Lord, because you left everything behind to come to this earth and show us that you understand what we go through and show us that we that you understand when we suffer pain, that show us that we understand, that you understand when we feel unfair, then when we feel betrayed, then when we feel attacked. And I just pray for those people that are causing this pain or this or these feelings in our lives. And I ask you, Lord, and I pray for all of them, and I ask you that they will come to repentance, and they will see the real Lord of Lords, King of Kings. And they will come and see your mercy. And I ask you, Lord, for everybody that is here today, that you, Lord, use your medicine, this special medicine that only you can give us through your holy Holiness, this special medicine that only you can give us with your water of life, washing our sins. Wash, Lord, whatever we have to wash to have a tender heart. Lord, I ask you that whatever all of us are facing, Lord, you talk to us this week and you show us what medicine we have to take to be victorious over it. Thank you, Lord, because we have this cord. Thank you, Lord, because you see us through the blood of Christ. Thank you, Lord, because we are even allowed to go in front of your presence. And thank you, Lord, because you love us. Thank you, Lord, because you, we know you want the best for us. I ask you for all the people that are far away today. For pastor, oh Lord, that you keep them safe and you bring them, bring them back home. Safely. Thank you, O Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.